<laughs> uh, what is that, bro? I got that... this new ass fancy microphone that you told me about, and I hope I sound better to everybody out there. Hello, hello, you, testing, dude. You you sound great. You sound really, really good. And uh, so, one of the things that we should be able to do, um, since we are, I know you're recording, but you can cut this part if you want to. Okay. Um, if you if you go into the record settings. On your side, I'm gonna try and do it here with you. Record. Where are the? I'm so bad. I'm sorry. Where are the record settings? It's all right. I'm looking for them myself. All right. Click on down there where it says. Uh, uh, audio or, or down there where it says mute or stop video, either one of those arrows going up, you should be able to click on that and it'll take you where you want to go. Audio settings. Yeah. Click on that. And then the settings window should pop up down the left. You'll see like general video audio. Do you see that? Yes. Okay. So go down to recording. Recording. Where is it? Okay. And then click on record a separate audio file of each participant. Wow. Let's go, baby. And that should keep us, that should keep okay. us, uh, and it, you know, you can add timestamps and all kinds of shit if you want to. Um, but that, that should help with the volume and uh, with us not getting cut off or cutting each other off or like talking over each other. Obviously with guests, we can't do anything about it, but right. when we're both using our computer speakers and we're talking at the same time, one person is always going to be heard and the other person's going to be ignored. This way we should be able to have audio from everybody Makes as I understand sense. it. Now why you're hired, man. That's why I hired you as the full-time paid co-host. I'm, I'm that dog, man. That's what dog. I'm saying. I, uh, I'm steady watching that bank account. Just waiting, <laughs> waiting on some action. Waiting for some fucking Waterloo check. That's right, man. When are they gonna? Uh, when are they gonna? Waterloo, you need to hook it up so that uh, Death Comes Lifting can hook it up because we are all about spreading around the wealth, man. We will. Speaking of spreading around things, uh -oh. I was I went for a run today in South Park by me because that's all that's what I do. It's a tradition uh -huh. before a lifts and riffs or a, now just Death Comes Lifting. So even I fuck up lifts and riffs. Straight up diff comes lifting. Baby. I always listen to the band. If we're having a band or a musician on, I always listen to uh -huh. them when I worked out. And I was running in the woods and I almost got mauled by a bear. Almost got mauled? I almost got mauled by a bear. Are you sure you weren't almost mauled by riffs? I I was mauled by riffs. I was. I... That, that's no question because I was I was listening to maul. I was also mauled by Maul today and uh pretty fucking impressive band, man. I, yeah. I, you know, I've really enjoyed Seraphic Punishment. I obviously went back to it again uh, to prepare for today. Um, and just, I want to, I want to ask him straight up, like, did you guys just decide to write a pop record or is that just what happened? Exactly. Like this is earworm shit, dog. Like it's heavy. But like, especially those the first track and the last track are like they stick with you, man. It's really, really catchy stuff. And I, you know me by now. You know that like when when extremity and catchiness are sort of on the same level in a death metal track, like that's what's going to win my heart. And they have very much done so. Same. And seeing them live at a uh, 
at that into darkness festival we were at yeah new experience and they were on like the second stage like downstairs the small stage it was all crazy and they Mm -hmm. have so much fucking energy and they're the guy we're talking to today we've spoke about this briefly privately but he's fucking a madman on stage he is this yeah looking motherfucker and i'm so about it and i can't wait to talk to him he looks possessed like but but i continuously hear over and over and over again coolest dude nicest dude chillest dude so we're gonna see today um if if he comes on and he's super chill or if he comes on and he scares the shit out of us it's it's it's, it's really in his hands we haven't really had anybody that scared the shit out of us yet so i'm hoping yeah it'd probably be that i'm hoping i'm hoping for that but i've i talked to him and he is he is a super sweet guy they all are so fantastic we are joined today by mr garrett alvarado and whenever he decides to pop on in, we'll get him in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we need a theme song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Garrett, What's that? We need a, we need a theme song for Garrett. Just as uh, I, 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 I suggest of human frailty. I feel like that's probably a good theme song for him. That's a good one. Is he himself personally reflected in the lyrics? I don't know. I can't say. But goddamn, does he deliver some hot shit on here, man? It's very, very good. It's a great as far as debuts go, man. It's just absolute top shelf. Also feels like there's a little bit of a transition between some of their previous stuff and this. I know that this is their first full length, but um my main experience with Maul prior to this is the the funerary exhumation four-way split between Torn in Half, Maul, Path to War, and Hanging Fortress. And uh, Maul had one song on here called Forced Cremation. Um, yes. Heavy as fuck. Definitely a little bit different, though, from, from some of the stuff they got going on on the record. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see how... Um, I kind of like how they're they're kind of jammy and, like, trippy a little bit, too. Like the um, Yeah, I noticed that, too. I, I, I dig I dig that, in, in especially in extreme metal music. And that's... Uh, I know you're more of, like, a tech death guy than I am, but that's why I like I, that... Um, this flavor of death metal is because there's a little groove you can kind of get stoned and, and trip out in it a yeah. little bit too. And Maul has that quality to them that I very much appreciate. And that's that's hard to do, I feel like, in death metal and make catchy heavy, but also kind of vibey as well. Definitely yes. Definitely vibey, definitely catchy, definitely heavy. Um uh, the album art's sick as fuck too. It took me a Dude, while. The album I saw the album art is super trippy i love yeah. the album art man i, I it's when it came in the mail i was like this is uh this is purple as fuck and like that made me happy i like the uh i like i like splashes of color from time to time you know speaking of splashes of color we got speaking Gary of Gary. look at this right motherfucker this right guy. here there he is he's connecting to audio he doesn't look Hello, particularly Hello. he doesn't look particularly angry he looks like a nice enough guy <laughs> i feel like we're probably going to be okay so we're joined today by mr garrett alvarado of a band called mall what's going on man how are you what's up am i coming through you are coming through you're coming through hot brother we got uh zach zach is with me zach is the guy what's who's up, been man? quarterbacking all this stuff with you zach runs death comes lifting and my name is Schuler, and i've got this little thing called death metal radio that uh that I fart around with on the internet. Dude, we're stoked to have you chatting with us today. Zach and Schuler, what's up, y'all? We are glad to have you. How are you? Cheers, bro. Cheers, cheers. I am good. I just uh I just rushed back from uh, a nap in a liquor store run to go grab some 
I guess Budweiser. I just kind of picked that up. I don't know why. <laughs> America's beer, brother. That's right. It's, it's a good beer, I guess. And it's a good like preparation thing, you know, that you're going to be on a podcast and you're going to be talking, got to think on the feet, do a little bit of napping, do a little power. Na- Are you a big power napper? Um, So I just started doing concrete work and I've been napping fucking hard every day. Sure. I bet, dude. Is that shit like fucking straight up manual hard ass labor, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's not as hard as it. I mean, it's not that hard, but it's definitely strenuous work. Is it like pouring concrete and, and that? Yeah, all flat work. So we're just like we just uh, did a big driveway yesterday, and then today like stripped all the boards and cut it and shit. But you guys are like yeah. blue collar, like hard working North Dakota <laughs> death metal motherfuckers, and that's what I like. I like I love your vibe, dude. Like. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Schuler before you got on that the first time I ever saw you was at that Into the Darkness Fest in Youngstown. And I think I talked to some of you guys briefly, which by far, not to disrespect any of the other bands there, you were by far my favorite band there. Like the energy, that performance, dude, was fucking unhinged and crazy shit. But like, oh, as you. soon as before I knew it was you, like you guys came walking in, like had overalls on and like all kinds of crazy shit. And I'm like, that's definitely mall. That's you just, you know, you know, when the, when the, when the band rolls up in like Carhartt overalls yeah. and shit like that, you know that it's about to go off. It <laughs> went off, dude. Yeah. You did not that's awesome. Man. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's uh that's Griggs. He's always rocking the overalls and, uh, you know, cut it, cut, cut off shorts with them. I mean, the- Stay comfortable, but you got to have the functional clothing too, right? Oh, like yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pocket guy, so I got to have that shit. Yeah, Sorry, Zach, cool. what were you saying? <laughs> no, I was just gonna ask what the, um, what the vibe is where where you're at. You know, I think it's interesting off the bat that you guys are from like North Dakota, and that's you don't you don't hear of a lot of death metal bands from there. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but mm-hmm. I just want to know from you know your perspective being up there, like what's it like? What's the metal scene like, and the whole thing? So it was interesting. Um, the music scene is pretty, pretty tight knit uh, from like metal, punk, hardcore. Um, it's kind of all like coalesced together a lot of times. Um, in the last couple of years, Fargo Metal has been really fucking cool. Um, thrash and progressive death and. Um, um, like two or three new bands that just post pandemic have been uh playing shows nonstop this last year just fucking getting it and it's like the it's like the next wave for fargo but there's always been a good flow um in fargo a lot of hardcore um but there isn't really much else i said this on the last podcast i did there isn't really a lot to do in fargo so the people who are invested in music are like really fucking into mm-hmm. music and supportive and yeah, it's kind of a cool little. Now, Phil, up there, right? Aren't they in? They're in Fargo, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Shout out Phil. Sick, 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 fucking band. We so tell us a little bit about you. You say that maybe this is uh, the next wave of Fargo metal that's been taking place recently. How how long have you yourself been in the scene up there? Um, I have been in and out of the Fargo scene since two thousand nine. Um, I would say Mall has been going since 2017, uh, so we're coming up on five years now. Um, excuse me, uh, Fovophilic, those guys have been in the scene since 
2008, mm-hmm. nine, you know, through various hardcore and metalcore and different punk and yeah, Fobo has been the one that I think they started the, they started the same year we did, but in the spring. So yeah. they, they got like another eight, eight or nine months on us. Um, yeah. So what you, one of the things that's, uh, we'll, we'll do this first, man. I, I am continuously sort of set on edge by live performance pictures of you in particular as an individual. Um, yes, you, 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 you look like a man possessed in these pictures, man. And that's, you know, that's an incredible quality. You want a front man to have that, but it just seems very organic. It seems very genuine. I say that having not seen the band, of course, but everybody that I know who's seen Maul has said it's been a fucking fantastic show. Um, I, I, I look at the way that you perform and I've been reading some of the lyrics and seraphic punishment, um, where's this, where's this coming from, man? Where's the passion that you, that you, that you bring to this come from? Ah, uh, man. Um, I wish I knew. So like the first band that I ever started in, it was kind of like a uh, shitty MySpace deathcore, <laughs> um, <laughs> back in like 2009 to like 12. What a time um, to be alive. Right. And we were like, so we were kind of drunk kids, like directly influenced by like the chariot and uh, kind of some wilder stuff around that time. So like yeah. we were throwing ourselves around. <laughs> um, not really, you know, the music part wasn't there, but we were trying to have like the most fun live and just bring that raw energy or trying to mimic it. You know what I mean? And yeah, of course, you know, throughout mall, I mean, it was never near uh the, the drunk addicts of uh you know 10 years ago but um yeah naturally capturing that sound or the feeling of mall is, is kind of like what helps us be heavy if that makes sense um yeah like capturing that like visceral emotion and a lot of the songs do have uh you know like a deeper um meaning dressed up in like death metal scenes and i try to do that a lot i take a lot of like personal uh not always just like traumas and shit but you know like things in my life or uh major turning points and kind of use them as vehicles for songs just like anybody else but yeah i i i feel like i feel like that shines through specifically in the lyrics and then like when you combine that with this really emotive live performance it's automatically going to make you assume this is something that means a lot to this person right and death metal is obviously something that means a whole lot to a whole bunch of different people but i think the way that it resonates with each one of us individually is going to be different from one person to the next mm-hmm. um and so when i look at lyrics like this when i listen to music like this i'm always interested to see sort of how much of that like you said is just occupying this sort of genre vehicle to music that we love so much you know and that has sort of these expectations that come with writing lyrics um one of the things that i really love to do is watch watch lyricists sort of struggle with that dichotomy between like how do i stay deaf but also like how do i talk about this thing that means so very much to me is mm-hmm. that something that you consciously think about when you're writing lyrics or what no not consciously I just try to like we're always together when we're writing songs and I kind of get like a mood or a, a overall vibe with the guys and um you know not all the time but yeah it'll like it'll equate to something or some sort of a metaphor that I really want to nail home or I'll have a song title and kind of attach a meaning to it mm-hmm. um I don't know if I actively like struggle or like you know, it's got to sound like this. It's got to be like this. Like I put some pretty 
like lonely uh emo voice stuff kind of mixed in there you know what i mean talking I, about like it worked but it but it works like it works that's that's one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you about it like it doesn't mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel disjointed it doesn't feel like there's any sort of like break between you know the 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 more genre specific elements that you're bringing in this really sort of big emotional thing looming behind it like it's it's just a really cool combination yeah yeah i was and it's also like we don't um we don't try to mimic anything death metal wise like i don't know like even if you just look at our songwriting structure i don't think it's like we're not pure death metal obviously so i feel mm-hmm. like we're not trying to fit any any made up uh restrictions for us you know what i mean it's kind of is a free-for-all as long as it sounds like we always say if it sounds like mall like let's fucking run it you know <laughs> which is which is sick and, and you can sort of see that philosophy i think when you look back at you guys at you guys back catalog the so my introduction to mall was the uh and i was talking to zach about this earlier the funerary exhumation tape nice. um sick sick fucking track you guys have on here forced cremation stylistically though i feel like you guys are doing a lot of different work with seraphic punishment so i'm curious about like the history of how that music has evolved like the songwriters sort of what you guys are going for you said you guys all write together is there a particular ritual or a particular time and date or whatever where you guys think about getting together and doing this stuff like how's the musical evolution happened in all sure i know when we started um Bands like uh, Shabalba and Harm's Way that had that super, like, metallic, just nasty, hardcore sound. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we were introduced to Gate Creeper around that time. Um, a couple other bands that aren't worth mentioning anymore. Um, uh, so those are kind of, like, what set it off what our tone. We always knew we wanted to be, like, very death metal mm-hmm influence hardcore but like just the skill level and playing and kind of getting back into the thing um kind of limited us like our midwest death demo was very much like hardcore simplistic you know what i mean as your first demo would be um so yeah it just kind of naturally evolved as like the chemistry evolved and our playing got a little more confident and shit um there was always along those lines of whatever metallic hardcore and like sludgy that yeah. we could blend together is there anywhere that mall won't go stylistically do you think um well we've kind of i was gonna say we probably won't do any like very pretty instrumental um instrumental breaks or anything like that you know mm-hmm. what I mean? a full interlude of just like some very pretty guitar uh <laughs> well we incorporate some doomy passages and stuff like that and kind of dive in um here and there but i don't know i feel like if it's a groovy or heavy enough riff we probably try to make it work That'd regardless you know we got some like we got some like lamb of god sounding riffs we got some uh twitching tongue sounding riffs you know we're kind of everywhere <laughs> which is which is tight and i feel like if you when you mix it together that seamlessly i think you're gonna get something interesting and you know there's there's definitely sort of this air of like dudes who've been into death metal like forever sort of looking down on hard kid hardcore kids who like made the leap into death metal but i mean when you stop and you think about it stylistically it's a really natural connection and i also think that like like i've you know i've been listening to this music for a really really long time and i i think that 
when we are able to get new blood and like new songwriting sensibility and a little bit of different kind of feel sort of brought into this, like that injects life into it, you know, that builds momentum. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like definitely starting with the hardcore vibe, um, is nothing to be, is nothing to like look down on or anything like that. Like that's how the shows are getting so fucking heavy is because they're basically hardcore shows and shows. Yeah. Um, and with that progression musically, you know, from more of a, a style sort of couch and hardcore to more of a classical death metal sound, there's also been some evolution. Like you said, you know, you mentioned you, you, you don't expect yourself, you, you guys to write like a pretty guitar interlude or something like that. But there's some pretty beautiful shit going on on Seraphic yeah. Punishment. And uh, one of the things that I was curious about is sort of what I, I always love when there are connections between bands who we talk to and people who we've talked to in the past. And I couldn't help but notice that uh, Mike from Warflurch is contributing um, a little bit of atmosphere on here. And he's done that with uh, with some other bands before. How did that connection come about? Were you guys like writing this record? And did you think to yourself, like, man, we got to we got to really fucking we got to get some more atmosphere to match sort of the different elements that we're bringing to the table or what? Yeah, it was kind of always in the background of my mind, um, something to jazz up the full length experience and um and when we got together with mike because i've i've been talking with mike now for a couple of years just being homies and we did a tour and yeah a split together he's done some mixing work on a side project and uh and our split um and he's i i just call him a wizard he's always got like all the sounds he just understands music in a yeah. bunch of ways uh so i told him i was like we want this like overall vibe or like kind of a connecting theme for the full album but we don't want it to be like a bummer if we're not playing it live yeah um because we're just we're not going to play like with samples or backtracks or anything like that it's just kind of an element we don't want to mess with <laughs> sure um yeah so as long as it you know we wanted the, the full length to have a it's a special flavor if you will i guess um and i think he knocked that out of the park there was a yeah, just the way some of the songs kind of connect together, flow into each other. And... Yeah, it, it it feels like there's definitely sort of a unity that comes from some of the more ambient parts on here. Um, but it, it made it know, sound it made it sound more uh, more evil than I feel like we usually are. The, the <laughs> atmosphere, right? Like yep, that's yep. it's very. There's a lot of really brooding parts on here. That interlude in particular is like one of those things. Like I don't, I try not to skip intros or interludes because I know that they're there for a fucking reason. Like the person who created this thing wants you to hear this in a certain way, right? Um, and so I'm always happy when like, I feel like I've listened to an interlude that really does tie things together or sort of add things to it. And like, it might be lame to come on a podcast and talk about the fucking one instrumental track on your record, but like, seriously, the whole, the whole experience with the record, I think very much relies upon a lot of what's going on in the background and the way that you guys have tied that together, I think is really, really effective and cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sort of along with that too um one of the uh, the cover art is one of the things that a lot of people have really responded to and I, I you know zach and i were talking about it before you came on um how involved who did the art how involved were you guys with uh, sort of what ended up happening and did you guys have like a vision for this ahead of time or how how that whole process go um so the person who painted it is jason barnett um fantastic sci-fi ethereal uh oil and pastel painting mm -hmm. um uh we didn't have 
an album titled Down, but we had some of the songs written and Seraphic Punishment always kind of had that like ring of like, and it was starting, it was in the early stages of it. We kind of knew it was going to be a powerful song for us. Um, I can't remember the original idea, but I know that our guitarist Lamb actually had like a, like a small sheet of paper that he stayed up late and he kind of had a certain layout that we ended up uh, using or like giving Jason a direction with um, mm-hmm. it, it had like a face up in the clouds and there was always kind of an idea of like stairs or an ascension way up to this like you know being yeah um, the colors came in late and I told them like that we wanted it to look like beautiful but you know still a hellscape and kind of yeah. you know we've kind of been leaning in on this like pur- purple like sexy type of thing so <laughs> um we want things to look you know not as they always have in death metal i guess so a little bit of standout and then, yeah jason fucking knocked that out of the park i couldn't be more happy with how many different details are in there it's one of those things you could stare at for a while um, and kind of I'm staring at it right now. It's very cool. I have to I have to admit it grew on me like so much. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, I get it, but and then, you know, the more I saw it and like really studied it and looked at it, I'm like, this is so cool and it really ties in the what I like most about malls. It's like just an all-around experience. It's heavy, but the energy flows, you can vibe. I was telling Schuler, it's like you can smoke a joint and listen to mall. It's not like, you know, crazy. And I, I love that. Um, and you guys are so like uh refreshing the whole experience of mall i just found very refreshing fuck yeah smoking yeah. a joint during mall is actually an optimal experience <laughs> <laughs> that's how to get the most out of the record that's how we roll the record that's how we roll the record i figured it out very early on so I'm just extending that to all our listeners out there if you need any support we're here for you how uh how how old are the songs on the record um the oldest ones are Infatuation and Monarchy of Mold. We put those on the Monarchy of Mold EP. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those were originally, the EP tracks were recorded in November 2019. So they're pretty old. Um, everything else was written in 2020 and on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Deity Demise and Buried in Resin were the first two songs of the full length we actually wrote. Yeah. When? Um, Sorry, go ahead. And then Seraphic Punishment was the third. So yeah, all of them are pretty much written in that two span b- between uh, the beginning of the pandemic and I think April 2021 we recorded. So that's that's where we were headed next, man. How was uh, how was the pandemic for the band, and how was the pandemic for you as an individual? Uh, I mean, obviously it was a, a pretty big culture shock and giant pause and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, in retrospect, it was, you know, obviously, excuse me, uh, you know, a terrible fucking thing to, to be a witness to and see people yeah. getting sick and everything. But um, as far as like the band and even I did it, you know, but like, I feel like a lot of bands got a lot of traction because everyone was at home looking for yeah. music, looking for, you know what I yes. mean? Um, I think the death metal community like you talk about Mike from Warfledge and everything, like all of us got really tight knit over the pandemic by doing like Instagram interview shows and just hanging out yeah. and kind of building a little, uh, yeah, like an actual little death metal community online of just people trying to stay sane, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So that was that was pretty cool. Met a lot of fan, friends doing that way. Um, for us, the band, we, we're still getting together roughly once a week if we could. You know, things got hectic and busy in people's lives. Um, we, uh, yeah, we just kind of, like I said, we just tried to stay sane and pump out a bunch of shit. We did like a music video and a live release and worked on two splits over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we kind of stayed pedal to the metal and just gearing up to, for when things roll again. So one of the weird things, one of the sort of paradoxical things about the pandemic, like you said, you know, it's definitely a horrible time. You see some horrible things happen to some good people. Um, and then like just catastrophic failure in a lot of the structures that I think are supposed to protect us from this kind yep. of shit. Oddly enough, however, like it, you use the word traction. I feel like it's a great word. I feel like not only, you know, mall as a band, but like you said, the genre um, has had such a an incredible I, I'm not going to say rebirth but I feel like a lot of people were stuck at home and a lot of people decided like I, I, and I think a lot of people were getting turned on to this music while they were stuck at home too mm-hmm. um, and so it's it, we find ourselves in this weird situation where like this horrible cost was paid by the entire world yet after it in certain ways like we we're ahead of where we were before it started you know and mm-hmm. that that to me is one of the good things about the last couple of years is just how many fucking sick bands have been able to get their claws in, get people's eyes and ears on them and, and hopefully continue to have really productive careers after this. And it, yeah, and then, go ahead, go ahead. Build from it. Oh, I was just gonna say, and build from whatever they can. Yeah. Um, just any hyper traction or platform you can build. Yeah. And with, uh, with the, so many people sort of caught up inside for so long. Um, I can only imagine that the live shows were a pretty intense, pretty cathartic. When, when was the first show back that you guys played? Uh, August 1st of last year was the first one back. Was that a home? Um, is it a hometown show? Yep. Yep. We did like a big, uh, I put together like a maker's market during the afternoons. So we had like 25 vendors throughout the afternoon doing shit. And then we had like six, seven bands. Oh, sick, man. That night. Um, and two of the bands on there was their first show ever. And then, oh. yeah, like I said, no, uh, no divinity, um, kind of really heavy hardcore and vessels like progressive, mm-hmm. progressive death metal, um, have just been taken off. Like since that year, they've just been hungry. It's cool to see. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, once again, you know, especially other genres that are sort of getting a kinship with death metal or just with the extreme music in general and then, and, and bringing over new flavors and bringing over sort of, uh, and, core ethos too you know there's community is such a big deal in that group and i I feel like a lot of that has sort of grown throughout the pandemic as well within the death metal community right i feel like a lot of people's eyes were opened um towards to 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 like a kind of empathy that maybe we didn't have in the forefront before all this kind of happened and the way that's been reflected in just camaraderie in, in online death metal community i think has been a really cool thing to see um i am i'm curious about the uh, so you said you put together like all these vendors and stuff for that festival are you are you a do you do booking there do you bring bands yeah, to cargo? yeah I, I uh i bring bands to cargo and uh book most of mall shows at home or all of the shows on the road pretty much i kind of have all that um i've been booking shows on and off for 10 12 years too so Oh, um, sick. Oh, yeah, but in the last five for sure, especially with Mall, I've been kind of trying to be hands on and building shit. I was trying to bring a lot of metal bands to Fargo and that span. And um, 
yeah, it's still, you know, it's hard to promote Fargo, North Dakota to touring bands because, I mean, it's pretty fucking out of the way, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, even even a lot of bands will, will miss out on Minneapolis, which is a pretty big front for music. So it's interesting to see what comes here. But I always grew up a metal kid and then got introduced to diy music booking and everything through hardcore mm-hmm. in far in fargo specifically so um yeah just kind of learning how everything works Sick, and man. yeah just the networking like that and uh just even just our album release show a couple weeks ago i did another maker's market um and like fundraiser we had like 22 vendors too and did our album yeah it's kind of fun just putting together events and uh community for community kind of shit a bunch of artists and we usually do it for like um community culinary core like uh did a fundraiser Mm -hmm. for them where they put on like three meals in the park and stuff and this last one was was for the uh north dakota women in need abortion fund um so yeah just kind of wherever we can all stand together and do some shit with and just kind of have a cool day for, you know, that's sick as fuck, man. That's really, really, that's really cool. That's, that's, that's big heart shit right there. Um, and it, it totally just like sort of waylaid where I was going to go next. Like that's, that's that. Well, actually, you know what, man, I think it's really, I, one of the cool things about places that are in the middle of nowhere, um, which I assume Fargo is sort of, the, the, that's the situation. I grew up Absolutely. in a place. That's, I grew up in a place that was in the middle of fucking nowhere. You had to drive like at least two hours to see any show that came through. Nothing ever came through where I lived. Mm-hmm. Um, when we don't have like outsiders coming through to sustain any sort of a live community, you end up having to do all of it yourself. And so I think whenever you see a place that's like in the middle of nowhere, but it does have its own scene or whatever, it's always interesting to watch like what other kinds of sort of vibrant interaction builds up around that. And so thinking about like a bunch of death metal bands putting together a maker's market and doing like vending and stuff like that. And then like the charity for like really good causes, like that's so rad, man. And that's that, that to me, I think is a really good example of like that hardcore ethos, that focus on community sort of really Mm -hmm coming into the music that we like and, and giving and giving back to the place that, you know, that we come from. Yeah. Yeah. I love that shit. I love seeing actual community shit happen. You know, I've been searching, doing art for a long time, looking for shit like that. So it's cool to actually part of it and see, like I said, whatever we're building up, like if we have a chance to put on for the next band or put on for artists or the fucking local bar or anything like that, you know, that's awesome, dude. And I'm glad, you know, if you've been looking for that kind of community for a long time, I'm glad you found it. I am. Uh, you you mentioned, though, that, uh, you know, you spent a lot of time in the hardcore scene and sort of cut your teeth on DIY there. Uh, but you were a metal kid first. Um, tell us tell us about how you got into metal, man. Like, tell us about some of your early greats. Who who put the hook in you? <laughs> um, so let's see here. Very early on. I was about seven or eight and had a bunch of older cousins super into new metal. Um, so I got introduced to like corn and mushroom head and Slipknot and Manson and all that shit at a pretty young age and was very, very hooked early on. <laughs> um, I actually got uh, a fucking six feet under CD when I was like from my cousin's boyfriend who didn't want it. And uh, 
that kind of changed my changed my world on uh just like are you for real vocals. oh i'm dead serious on uh so that was like that was my first death metal cd what uh, cd Max, was it maximum violence <laughs> dude so war, war path was my first death metal cd ever yeah. war path yeah. was the first death metal that i ever heard and i fucking like i'm a i'm a major go to bat for six feet under guy I, there are no individuals that I'm going to go to bat for, but like the band Absolutely. itself and sort of the musical <laughs> legacy, like plays so much of a part in my history. Like I remember hearing like those fucking opening riffs, those Alan West riffs on Warpath on War is Coming, and just being like, "Is this crowbar?" And then here comes the vocals, and you're like, "This is not." This um, is not. Yeah, yeah. It's sick as fuck to meet somebody else who got into Six Feet Under that way. That's dope as fuck, yeah. man. What did you think yeah. about it the first time you heard it? Did it scare the shit out of you? No, man, I was I was uh, obsessed. I was like, I'm pretty sure I pissed off my dad for the next three, four years because of that CD, just trying to mimic those sounds in my room and shit. Um, <laughs> but it definitely, it definitely opened the door for death metal. I know, like, I was into like Headbangers Ball at the time, the Jamie Joska version, and yeah. uh, you know, get introduced to like Black Dahlia Murder and fucking Dying Fetus, DSI. Those are like my early death metal like favorites. Um, and yeah, just the psychotic vocals. I was always obsessed with uh, probably trying to be a, a performer or vocalist. And um, once I heard that stuff, it was over. <laughs> yeah. So where, uh, what do you, what do you go for now these days? Like, what are, uh, what, what are your tastes music wise? Are you primarily into death metal? Obviously, you make a lot of death metal. What all else are you listening to? Uh, I'm a big country guy. Like, uh, I like this kind of resurgence of like underground singer songwriter kind of outlaw country style shit um charlie crockett uh coulter wall there's a lot of really good people holding it down right now uh, really easy stuff it's kind of like my go-to uh feel good kind of music or even like drink and hanging out music um big into rap uh big into some like uh that group Chris Zelda, like Conway the Machine and Benny the Butcher, kind of. Zach, are you familiar uh, with these? Fuck yeah, dude! I love Griselda. West Side Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. West Side Gun. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like a lot of that shit. Joey Badass and Earl Sweatshirt. I like a lot of. Uh... Totally. So I'd say rap, rap country, and even um, some super goth like synth synth wave shit. Um, yeah. Into... Definitely. Other than just yeah. That's the spice what? of those are the spices of life. I feel like you need all that shit, man. You can't just yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's cool that uh, is the whole band like that. Are they all are you guys all into a lot of different kinds of music because you're very eclectic sounding band, so that would make sense. Yeah, I would say uh, we listen to a lot of country in the van for sure on the road. It's just kind of one of the easier. Yeah, it's great driving driving music. tunes. Yep. Um, yeah, I would say we're all over the place for sure. That's cool. What uh, you say that the country and sort of the more chill stuff is your feel good music. What's your feel bad music? Feel bad music. Yeah, man. You know, you got to have some shit you listen to when you're fucking wrecked. Oh, man. I feel like I just go older country. I'm going to listen to like George Jones. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some fucking some of that heartbreak shit. <laughs> there is, That's dude. Why. There is. There's like a. There's like a major legacy of sadness in country where like mm -hmm. there's so much so much music that ended up becoming really important within the genre comes from like heartache and heartbreak and everything. And I go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, the most like heartbroken, depressed 
alcoholic dudes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just completely yeah. incomplete, like financial ruin. They fucked oh, up yeah. their relationships. They have nothing but like a guitar and a fucked up truck and a dog. And that's and like in a broken heart, of course. <laughs> and, yep. uh, so like knowing that legacy, when I was in high school, I actually worked part time as a DJ at a country station. And one of the things that was so surprising about country to me, like having, you know, been into it a little bit when I was a kid, but only the more commercial stuff is just like quite how commercial it got. And so I'm always curious about like sort of big country fans, how they feel about more commercial country, because like in 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 death metal, right, I feel like or in metal in general, I feel like it's easy to sort of. uh the easier move, the lazier move in my mind is sort of to look at really successful bands in the mainstream or whatever and be like, ah, oh, we don't want to fuck with that. They're catering to an audience or whatever. I, I try my best to look at bands who, who in that bracket and say, like, what are they still bringing to the genre? What do we have to do anything for like superstar bands or whatever? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, just because you're a big country fan, like. Do you fuck with any pop country, any of the like the bro country stuff at all? I feel like so it's, okay, it's okay to say fuck that shit or, or to be no. like, you know. <laughs> I, I would say that I haven't paid attention much in the last 10 years, but there was like the towards the end of the late 2000s, like uh, some earlier, like Dirks Bentley was like some of that country rock stuff, yeah. Um, State, I don't even know what you want to call it. I was I was into that. I wasn't playing poker a lot and listening to shit like that. Um, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't even name an artist that's like new new in that style that I would fuck with. I guess. Yeah. Um, but if it's on at a party, I mean, you know, I might I might be hanging out. I might put, find a cowboy hat and drink some more beer about it. <laughs> are you so? Are you a big social guy? Do you guys have? Do you, do you guys get together and do? I mean, whatever that means at this point in twenty twenty two. Um, I'll definitely go to any show I can. Yeah. So I'll be social at show settings. Um, if that leads to going to the bar afterwards or the bar below or whatever. Um, I'm definitely not as social as I used to be when I was younger. I like I definitely like me time now. Yeah. I like to be at home with my cat with my cat and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah if i if i if i need to be if i you know i mean like sometimes you got to turn on the social battery and sometimes it's just there you're ready to go but well and you've you've mentioned the social lubricant a couple of times um having you know have having a brewski having a few beers at the bar at the club or whatever um what let's get into the fun shit man what's your bar food what are you what are you going for when you got a belly full of shit and you know that you need to solve that problem <laughs> um unfortunately i mean not unfortunately but just uh circumstances of bands and late night shit it's probably just some pizza yeah yeah um i'm not talking about like on the road when things are at their worst i'm talking about when you have your druthers like when you what's your what's your fucking pig out food man is there something that you have at home that you're really into after you come home whether it's drinking or whether it's celebrating or whatever hmm no, I don't know if I have a certain if I have like a go to go to. I'm a big pasta guy. Pasta <laughs> fucking rips. Yeah, I could fuck up some pasta or some ramen <laughs> or something. 
uh big mac big mac and cheese guy over here <laughs> and on and on the road it's pizza or just sort of whatever do you guys ever do like the grilling thing do you guys bring a grill and like cook out or anything like that no that's a good idea though um every now and then we'll grab an airbnb and we'll hit up a grocery store and do some cooking but um yeah a lot of road stuff is just gas stations and <laughs> venues or what's uh what's your favorite gas station chain on the road out of the big ones out of the good oh, ones? probably wawa yeah are you is is wawa where you are no no, we, no wawa we, don't there. Have, we don't have anything that cool around here um quick trip might be like the coolest thing around here and it's still pretty pretty far below where wawa and sheets yeah. and shit are at so wow wawa and sheets moving to a place so like i'm from south arkansas where there's fucking nothing and moving to South Carolina and now Washington, D.C. and just seeing like the abundance of sheets and Wawa up here in D.C. Like I do understand now why like people are so loyal to these places just because like it really it doesn't feel like a gas no. station at all. You know, what I mean? it, it changes the game on the road too. you're like, fuck, it's, you know, 1130 at night and I can still get a hot meal or, you know, yeah. even later. Uh, we have a home base on a tour in january i was actually with mike from warfurch and uh he had one just down the road and we we went there probably five times in three days like (laughs) is it so where is or places where wawa is sort of your favorite places to tour like obviously as a band you know you want to go where the sick shit is where the sick crowds are and where people are going to like your band and you're going to be able to fucking pack the house and all that stuff but, you know, there are different parts of the country that have, specifically in the U.S., there are different parts that sort of have different chains and different things that you can get around there that you can't get other places. What's sort of your favorite place to be on tour, like, uh, region-wise? I feel like right down the middle for us is always pretty good, and that's where we've been the most. Uh, Denver, Denver, Colorado area has always been really, really fucking good to us. Mm-hmm. Um and the crowds are just fucking crazy. Uh, we're going to be going back to Texas in December. We only got to do one Texas show, but we I know we have a lot of friends, and just I know how shows go around there, so I'm excited to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You say um, it can, it'd be sick as fuck if you guys made it down for like a wrecking ball or something like that. But I don't know. I know. If that's Texas bands, that'd be fucking cool as hell, though. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, I I would love to play something like that. Uh, where are you from in Arkansas or originally? I'm from the middle of the state, right by the Louisiana border. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, way, way, way down south. We're talking about uh, scenes kind of building and putting on. Little Rock has gotten incredible lately. Yeah, man. I, I lived in Little Rock uh, for a few years when I was younger, and I was I was the the sludge and hardcore scenes were both really big at that time, and I pay, I played in like a sludgier band and had a whole lot of fun. But like the the one of the things that I remember most about my time sort of on the periphery of the little rock scene is just how tight knit hardcore was at that time. Um, and so, and you can still see like the, 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 the base of the death metal movement in central Arkansas, I think is very much founded on hardcore at this point, yeah. uh, especially when you look at dudes like Stan uh, and terminal nation who yep. just obviously really loves where he is, really loves the scene. Um, like I said, you know, that, that hardcore ethos of like wanting to give back of like wanting to, to have some sort of pride in the, in the, in the place where you come from, which unfortunately is not something that I ever <laughs> really managed to do. 
but it is really cool to look back at Little Rock and see sort of just how things are growing right now and to look at like Terminal Nation obviously is sick. Fucking Morbid Visions I just checked out recently. That shit is yep. sick. Uh, yep, so they're about cool. to drop an EP, I think. So I saw. So I saw. And it's I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it. And dude, I would love to see to see that place just really blow up because like they do get shows. They definitely got more shows than than where I did when I was growing up, but it does kind of feel like the middle of nowhere in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Which is yeah, right. I mean, so you you you've got enough people to come through that you will actually get shows from time to time. And when those shows come through, there are always local bands who are who are you know sick that you yep. can, that you can put on there. and re- people ready to roll out and see something because it's probably the only thing going on that night. Too, you know? <laughs> that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's talk about what comes next, man. So the record's been out for a little while. I have not seen anything other than. Uh, really positive, really sort of enthusiastic reviews for it. So hopefully the future is looking bright as far as the reception of the record and what you guys are going to be able to do with that sort of momentum. You're going to be able to, 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 to keep going after this. Are you guys getting on the road? Like what's going on? What's the future like from all? Yeah. The, the reception has been fucking crazy. You know, <laughs> I, I've been doing art for a long time and shit, but it's weird when it finally like, catches on or like a, a a large amount of people give a shit about it, especially from not anywhere close to where we're from. Like yeah. we're just five dudes from North Dakota. So <laughs> the fact that we, you know, first time I've ever been to New York was because of the band yeah. and there were people there like excited to fucking see us is a kind of a mind blowing experience. So um yeah, we want to be fucking everywhere that we can be, especially if it means getting out of North Dakota. We're trying to you know, we've this. We did three tours this year. We got one more. Um, they've all been DIY, so we're just trying to tour with people that we fuck with, bands that we um, get along with, and yeah, just kind of keep it on that networking scale as long as we can um, by ourselves. You know, for ourselves, just because less people in the middle, the better. I feel like for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got another. We're gonna do like eight days in December, just kind of down the middle of the U.S. and shit, and I got another bigger one planned um, for early spring. Um, we're going to try to hit everywhere, pretty much, especially 2023. We're probably going to try to put out an EP and just continue on getting wherever we can. Yeah, Very cool. Are you... Um, so you, are you, you guys are already in writing mode to an extent? Yeah, to an extent. We haven't... Uh, we just got done with the last show of uh, the summer that we called it. So mm-hmm. we're laying low for a couple months to really buckle down on writing and kind of prep the next moves, you know? Very, very cool. Um, what do you got to shout out, man? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, what do I got to shout out? Uh, more Fargo Metal. Uh, Pursuit is their name. Uh, they're dropping a record tomorrow or friday for sure um very very fucking fast death thrash um very technical some of the coolest uh coolest players in the city to watch and they're just so fucking cool i have a little, a little guest spot on one of the songs oh cool so, man um yeah a lot of cool shit happening in fargo um damn what else do i want to shout out shout out <laughs> sheets and wawa shout out sheets and wawa <laughs> well is that so you guys got a record out seraphic punishment um you can find that on mall's Bandcamp page you can find that it is out from redefining darkness which is a label that we absolutely love on the show um as we wind it down 
we got a very, very serious question that we ask everybody that we bring on here. This is no fucking around now. This is some yes, serious shit. All right, all right. This is high stakes. All right. It's so big that like I can't even handle the the responsibility of having to ask because Zach's the one who's got to do it. So brace yourself. Brace yourself this whole time, Garrett. I have to ask you, sir. What is your favorite Black Sabbath album? Black Sabbath album. Yes. Mm. No pressure. No, 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 none at all. What's what's got NIB on it? First one. The first one. Self-titled. Oh, it's the first one. Oh yeah, self-titled. I gotta get self-titled. <laughs> good, good call, man. Solid. Definitely, I can see. You know, I can see some connections to that, and y'all. I kind music. of expected There's... that, honestly. There's a little yeah. bit. It's it's definitely atmospheric. It's definitely more paced, like like mid paced. And there's definitely a lot of sort of blues influence. I think that we can find yeah. in mall riffs. And same thing on oh, the yeah. Black Sabbath record, dude. That's fucking cool, man. That's Great, cool. excellent selection. You passed the test for sure. <laughs> no, nah, man. Yeah, we, we have some some blues uh, influence, like rhythms and shit, especially when we get doomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. We we love we've had a million different answers we and and zach and i celebrate the entire black sabbath catalog but it's always cool to hear somebody go back to the very beginning and say that that's the one so awesome man um dude it's been really good to have you uh really great to meet you and see that you're not in fact a demon in person because i've only ever seen the pictures um only only on on stage only only on stage we but we both enjoyed the record man we're glad that we got a little bit of your time tonight thank you so much for coming by Hell yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. For sure. Peace out, dude. We'll see you around. Thanks, Take care. Is that it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you can start off. I was waiting for like like a concert. No, you're good. Oh, no, 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 no. We... Yeah, we have a little wind down thing that he and I do after the guest gets off, but uh, that's... No worries, brother. (laughs) That's it, homie. Thank you so much, man. Enjoy that Budweiser. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, about to go show now. So there you go, awesome, man. being social. <laughs> Turn on the social battery. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what the Budweiser is for. That's right. That's right. Helps. Peace it out. Hell yeah! All right, guys. See it. All right, man. What a Fuck good you. dude. Yeah, the best. What guy a good dude. Super. Yeah, and it's it's all you know. It's it's cool when you know you see a motherfucker who looks like he is possessed. You know. By evil spirits, like uh, us. Just I've, I've been known, you know, that are, we're actually nice. Some of us, yeah, I know, right? It's yeah. uh it's it's a it's a it's a strange thing when it happens, but it's a pleasurable thing. I like it, dude. I'm really stoked. Like, this was a good conversation tonight, man. I'm really yeah, glad that we got him to come. And like, I, it always, as I always say, or as I often say, like, it definitely always makes me more stoked on a band I'm already stoked on when you talk to somebody in the group turns out they're really cool got a lot of really cool shit to say about not just music but life uh I'm in if you're listening right now and you are not yet familiar with mall get into mall m-a-u-l uh don't fuck around that's it everybody I can't top that Oh, uh, I love, I you, love you, brother. Love you, dude. That I will be awesome. we, we talking. Yes, we will be talking soon. Yeah, um, we, we're man, Death Comes Lifting podcast is on fire. It's it just is. gonna get better from it here. Feels good, man. Yeah, love you guys. Love See you, brother. Ya. Peace out. <laughs>